0: Welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 696 for release on Sunday, June 26, 2022. Coming up on WaveScan today... Another Radio Wedding. We'll have the final part of Jonathan Marx's documentary about Radio Prague and our DX report from Australia. Our opening story about a radio wedding in this edition of Wayscan took place during the year 1920, more than 100 years ago. It was a long-distance novelty proxy wedding. It was conducted over the air by wireless operators, and it was conducted in Morse code. Probably the only Morse code wedding in the history of wireless and radio. Ray Robinson has our story.
1: Thanks, Jeff. But first we go back to the year 1908, and that was when the American Navy vessel Alabama was taken into service in the Atlantic Ocean as a cruiser. During the following year, 1909, a series of wireless tests was conducted between the Alabama at Sea and the well-known American naval wireless station NAA at Arlington in Virginia. Back then, NAA was a quite new wireless station with a 100-kilowatt Fessenden spark transmitter, and a series of test transmissions was made to determine the possibility of using higher frequencies over longer distances. At that time, well more than 100 years ago, Wireless was very young, and communication transmissions were usually conducted on what we now call the long wave band. Interestingly, during the following year, 1910, another pioneer test was made from the Alabama, and that was the first launching of an airplane from a ship at sea. The aircraft was a primitive Curtis Pusher biplane Model D, with the propeller behind the pilot, and the pilot for this now historic event was an American civilian, Eugene Ely. Pilot Eugene Ely loved fast driving in equally primitive motor cars, and in the afternoon of Monday, November fourteenth, 1910, he made his now historic flight from a temporary wooden platform on the bow of the U.S. naval light cruiser, Alabama. The airplane plunged downward as soon as it cleared the 83-foot-long platform and the wheels dipped into the ocean before rising. Ely's goggles were covered with spray and he promptly landed on the nearby beach rather than circling the harbour and then heading for the Norfolk Navy Yard as planned. Ten years later, the wireless wedding was celebrated with the bride, Miss Mabel Ebert, in the First Presbyterian Church at 2930 Woodward Avenue in Detroit, and the groom, seaman John R. Wakeman, aboard the Alabama, a thousand miles from shore, now in the Pacific Ocean. The officiating minister in Detroit was Pastor C.E. Miras, and the event took place in July 1920, apparently simultaneously on both sides of the international dateline. As the officiating clergyman began his part in the religious service, his voice was conveyed over a telephone line to the telegraph office in the same city, Detroit. A telegraph operator then sent the information in Morse code over a telegraph line to the wireless operator at station NAJ in the Great Lakes Naval Training Station on Sheridan Road, north of the city of Chicago. The operator at station NAJ then resent the same information in Morse code to the cruiser Alabama way out there somewhere in the Pacific. Promptly at 8.30am the radio operator aboard the Alabama called Seaman Wakeman to the radio receiver and the chaplain called the ship's crew to attention for the seaboard ceremony. As he received the information by Morse code, the radio operator then repeated the information verbally to John Wakeman and to the attentive crew members. The radio operator then turned the words of acceptance from John Wakeman into Morse Code, which he transmitted back to Station NAJ near Chicago, and Station NAJ in Chicago then resent the same message in Morse Code along a telegraph line to the telegraph office in Detroit. As soon as the message was written down on the telegraph form in Detroit, a messenger took it and rode on a bicycle back to the nearby Presbyterian Church and delivered it to the officiating pastor – who then read it aloud to the bride and to the attending congregation. And then the jubilant festivities began. As one news reporter stated, the bride doesn't know when she'll next see her new husband, nor does she know where he is. And another news reporter stated, this is not the first wedding where the groom was all at sea and the bride was radiant. (laughs) Back to you, Jeff.
0: Thank you very much, Ray Robinson at KVOH Los Angeles with our story of the Morse code wedding. Well, today on Wayscan, we have the final part of a documentary from Jonathan Marx's media network, Vintage Vault, dedicated to the late Ulrich Chip of Radio Prague. It's a short epilogue, actually.
2: So you, you, you helped them uh, with, the, with the transmission? With the transmissions, yes. Uh, how did they put
3: the modulation out on the transmitter? Well, they, 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 Everybody cooperated with them. Yeah. That was funny, even the Communists that were all over you know they, they, nobody dared to uh, act against. But then uh, as the situation uh, you know developed, uh, some of them really converted to hardline uh, you know methods again and then, they started with the purges, and uh,
2: that, that was how, how it went. Ulrich passed away peacefully on July 27th, 2018, aged 87, we think, at his beloved country house, where he enjoyed woodworking, guitar and country music, vintage graphics, photography, and time with his family. For me, it was a pure delight to spend time with one of Czech radio's international pioneers. Can I ask you one final personal thing? How old are you? Oh, well, I keep this uh, for the time because it, it's scandalous. <laughs> <You know? laughs> keep that as the, the secret. <laughs> All right. Brilliant. Thank you. I haven't been back to Prague in several years. On my last trip, I did explore the new studio centre for Radio Free Europe, which at the time was shifting its focus to Afghanistan and Pakistan. They later built a production studio in Kabul, but I guess that since August 2021, a new strategy is needed. We'll follow that another day. For now, thanks for your interest in these stories from International Radio's past. I hope to be back soon with more untold stories from the archives.
0: That was the final portion of a documentary by Jonathan Marks of Media Network Vintage Vault dedicated to the memory of Ulrich Chip of Radio Prague. And we will remember Ulrich uh, personally. Uh, he was a good friend. Uh, we worked with him for many years on the uh, HFCC, the High Frequency Coordination Conference. He was the uh, chairman of the HFCC before I became chairman. And uh, he... Did so much to uh, promote frequency coordination among shortwave stations worldwide. We'll have another one of Jonathan's vintage programs coming up in the near future here on Wavescan. It will be from South Asia, and it will have a close connection to us here at Wavescan. If you want to find other programs from the uh, Media Network Vintage Vault, you can find them on the web at jonathanmarks.com. That's J O N A T H A N M A R K S altogether. www dot that's L I B as in Bolivia sy ncom com. Jonathanmarks dot libsyn dot com. Occasionally, here on WaveScan, we have uh, some information for beginning shortwave listeners. And I'm going to read from a, uh, a new publication by Fred Osterman of Universal Radio in Ohio. He uh, wrote a book called Shortwave Listening Guide for the Eton Corporation, which uh, makes shortwave radios. And uh, this guide, I believe, goes out with people who buy the radios. And we start with the radio spectrum. Radio broadcasting can occur on longwave, wave. Medium wave shortwave or very high frequency, VHF frequencies. The the, uh, low frequencies are basically from 30 to 300 kilohertz, medium frequencies from 300 to 3,000 kilohertz. The high frequencies or shortwave are from 3 to 30 megahertz. And then very high frequencies or VHF is from 30 to 300 megahertz. The terms kilohertz, representing a 1,000 hertz, and megahertz, representing a million hertz, may be used interchangeably with 100 kilohertz equal to 1 megahertz. A shortwave station can be said to be operating, for example, on 9,800 kilohertz or 9.8 megahertz. In shortwave circles today, kilohertz is used more commonly than megahertz. The frequency is simply the number of radio waves per second radiating from the antenna. 2,000 waves per second would be 2 megahertz. In the early days of radio, the frequency might also be expressed as the wavelength in meters. It follows that as the frequency increases, the wavelength decreases. Wavelength is no longer used to express a radio station's frequency, but it is used more broadly to identify a specific shortwave band. Radio transmissions at HF or shortwave frequencies have the special property of consistently traveling great distances because of their ability to reflect or actually refract off of the ionosphere. At higher frequencies such as VHF this rarely occurs. In the U.S. you will never hear a station from Africa on an FM radio 88 to 108 megahertz, but you can regularly hear it on a shortwave radio from 3 to 30 megahertz. There are three basic types of radio propagation, ground wave, sky wave, and direct wave. Ground waves are most prevalent below 3,000 kilohertz. This would include the AM broadcast band or medium wave and long wave stations these signals have the ability to follow the curvature of the Earth. Skywave radio signals can be aimed upwards at the ionosphere, where when conditions are right, they will bend or refract back down towards the Earth, providing long-distance transmission. Multiple hops may occur. Skywave works best at night on frequencies under 12 MHz, including medium-wave. During the day, it works better on the higher frequencies above 12 MHz. The reflectiveness of the ionosphere depends on several factors. The largest influence is solar activity, which energizes the ionosphere to be reflective. Sunspot activity follows an 11-year cycle that can profoundly affect radio propagation. Now, Direct waves are the norm above 30 MHz, VHF, UHF, etc., At these frequencies, a radio wave will typically not bounce back off the ionosphere. It will just keep going off into space. And unlike ground wave, these waves will not follow the curvature of the Earth. These transmissions are referred to as line of sight. Examples would include the FM radio band and TV. If your antenna cannot see the transmitter tower, reception will not occur. With this in mind, successful VHF-UHF reception requires the antenna to be as high as possible. Shortwave listening is seeing a revival of interest as more people understand it as unfiltered, unstoppable, untrackable form of direct communications from the source to the listener. Internet traffic can be heavily censored or even shut down by unscrupulous regimes. It has happened countless times natural or man-made catastrophes can also interrupt web availability. Anonymity on the web is also difficult to achieve. Both government and commercial concerns can and do track the various places one visits on the web. Your listening habits on a shortwave radio though are strictly confidential. Eavesdropping on the world through shortwave radio provides the ultimate affordable adventure without leaving your living room. Shortwave has it all global perspectives on the news, inspirational programming, cultural events, sports, and music of every flavor. On most multiband portable radios, shortwave starts where the AM broadcast ends. This is typically around 1700 kilohertz or 1. 1.7 megahertz, and it goes all the way up to 30,000 kilohertz or 30 megahertz. Shortwave is big, very big. Shortwave is over 24 times larger than the AM broadcast band. A multitude of services use shortwave, such as broadcast stations, maritime users, ham radio operators, cb various militaries, aeronautical concerns, time stations, to name a few. Various service types are assigned to operate on specific frequency segments or bands. This minimizes stations interfering with each other. There is occasional overlap non-compliance and even illegal operators but these are the exception international and domestic broadcasters are a great place to start your exploration of shortwave well that's a portion of a new book by fred osterman or a new version of the book called uh, shortwave listening guide which is distributed with eton radios and uh, we'll have more from that uh, guide in future programs now it's time to go to Bob Padula in Melbourne, Australia.
3: Welcome to another edition of the Australian DX Report. This is Bob Padula in Melbourne, Australia, bringing to you our latest roundup of news concerning shortwave broadcasting stations around the world. We include information concerning propagation reports, monitoring information, solar activity news, schedule information and other items of interest to Shortwave monitoring enthusiasts A reminder That all times we give in these Programs are in UTC Also known as GMT And all frequencies Are in kilohertz Full detail QSL Cards are available for Correct reception reports received For the Australian DX report The address will be given at the end Of the program So now here is this week's News. We we'll begin our program this time with some information of interest to listeners in Europe. We have some notes from the Bulgarian organisation, online organisation known as SWL DX Bulgaria News and DX Mix. So these stations noted mainly during the daylight trans, daylight reception period in Eastern Europe. Transworld Radio, TWR India, broadcasting in Mundari on thirteen six nine zero via the Eurovan Railway Station in Armenia. Thirteen fifteen to thirteen thirty with three hundred kilowatts and the antenna at one hundred degrees intended for southern Asia. This program is on the Mondays and Tuesdays. Another station of TWR India broadcasting in Urdu on 13690 also via Eurovan between 1500 and 1530 300 kilowatts and 100 degrees antenna to South Asia programs are Urdu Brazil, reception the Radio Nacional the Amazonia in Portuguese on 11780 via Brasilia 1110 onwards with 250 kilowatts and the antenna 360 degrees in Portuguese, the uh, antenna is actually intended to support broadcasts primarily to Brazil. Reception of the Aramia public Aramia public media radio Yoni three on 15415. So that's a brokered realization station, broken broadcast by Isidun in France. 1600 to 1630 with 500 kilowatts and the antenna 127 degrees to East Africa in Oromo and another frequency for Transworld Radio India in the Uyghur language on 11.590 via the relay station at Agua- Agania in Guam that's KTWR 1400 to 1428 750 kilowatts and the antenna 305 degrees and very good reception in Europe Mondays to Thursdays and yet another frequency for Transworld Radio India in Kazakh on 11.790 via KTWR relay 14.30 to 14.45 250 kilowatts and 305 degrees to Central Asia CBAR Altaris Broadcasting Association Radio Sama in Arabic on 15260 by the Wolferton, England relay station. 1700 to 1800, 250 kilowatts, and the antenna 114 degrees to the near and middle east. A good reception in Europe. Reception of Adventist World Radio, AWR in Spanish, on 5010, by WRMI, Okeechobee, Florida, 1100 to 1130. 100 kilowatts and 181 degrees antenna, broadcasting primarily to Spanish daily. We Radio Prague in Spanish on 5010, also via WRMI, 1130 to 1200, 100 kilowatts and 181 degrees antenna to, to Central America. And also Ukrainian radio in English on 5010 from WRMI, 1200 to 1300, 100 kilowatts and 181 degrees to, to the Caribbean. Now, Bible, Bible Voice Broadcasting, another broken station using 11590 via the Tashkent, Uzbekistan railway station. 1300 to 1330, 100 kilowatts, 066 degrees to Eastern Asia, Mondays to Wednesdays. And the religious station carrying Brother Stair broadcast or the Overcomer Ministry heard on 9290 from the Tashkent Uzbekistan Railway station between 1318 and 1329. 100 kilowatts in the antenna 076 degrees to northeast Asia. And the voice of the Martyrs, another politically based brokerage station on 7550 heard by the Tashkent relay station in Uzbekistan 1530 to 1600 100 kilowatts and 076 degrees programs in Korean broadcasting to Northeast Asia some information there about solar activity from the ionospheric prediction service government organization here in Australia from Sydney Solar activity has shown no significant flare events. There are currently no significant sunspot groups on the visible solar disk, and there have been no significant Earth-directed CMEs observed recently. The solar wind speed in early June was mostly steady, varying from 3.06 to 3.39 kilometers per second mildly elevated after a, a day or so There is a possibility of a weak CME impact early in mid-June which may slightly elevate wind parameters on the same day. And solar flare activity is expected to be predominantly at the RO level, possibly increasing shortly in the immediate future. There also appears to be a solar region behind the southeast limb of the Sun which is likely to rotate onto the disk in coming days now the forecasts the 10.7 cm solar radio flux 100 is the latest indicator and the daily smooth sunspot number is now holding back between 48 and 54 the smooth sunspot number will increase slightly in the immediate future with a 10.7 centimetre solar radio flux will also increase likely to about 105. Those predictions are from the Onisbury Prediction Service the forecasts made available from that government department in Sydney here in Australia. In discussing the level of solar activity we must remember that with the current higher level of activity propagation on Darkness paths on the higher frequencies will be somewhat more or more impressive, particularly on frequencies above about ten megahertz. During nighttime periods, of course, during periods of low sunspot activity, there's very little long distance propagation on those frequencies. So it looks like cycle twenty four, sunspot cycle twenty four may have started But there's real no no specific information in the electronic literature literature about this having occurred.
0: So we'll keep informed on that. Thank you very much, Bob. Now you learn the numbers followed by punctuation. One. And we end WaveScan today with Phil Calla's rhythm of the the code, the Morse code, in fact. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, we return to the early radio scene in the Canadian province of Manitoba, and we'll have our Japan DX report. Several QSL cards are available for this program. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for Wavescan to the AWR address in Bangkok. I'll give you in a moment. And also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry Wavescan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio. P.O. Box 234 Prakanong, that's P R A K A N O N G, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234 Prakanong, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence two way scan, not reception reports is wavescan at awr.org i'm jeff white at wrmi in okeechobee florida usa till next week good listening everyone
3: double dash
0: Fraction bar.